Hello and welcome to the Unpolished MBA podcast. I'm your host, Monique Mills. And today I am on the topic of what in the world makes your plans quote unquote strategic. That word gets thrown around so much. It's to the point where sometimes I think people use it to sound important or to sound like something is much more difficult than it actually is. I'm not sure, but the thing is, it's like now that term is used for everything. So no one really has an idea of (laughs) what it means anymore. So when you hear the word strategic, it's like, what's the difference between that and just being a decision? Or what's the difference between that and being just a strategic plan? And especially with TPM Focus, my company, being in the space of strategic decision-making for those launching new products or in new markets. So first of all, I made a post about it recently. And the question I pose is, what makes a plan, quote unquote, strategic? Okay. So I don't want anyone to confuse that with a strategic plan. Okay. (laughs) So A strategic plan, which you may have seen before, you can type them in online and see examples of them. They are literally, if someone says a strategic plan, they're talking about a document, right? And so that document is something that outlines what your overall goals are for your organization or business, the actions necessary to achieve those goals. So basically your tactics, right? What do you have to do in order to achieve the goals that you've listed, and then whatever the expected results are once those actions are taken. And so this is written out. And inside of this plan, this plan to move forward, it typically includes milestones and ways that you're going to track your progress over the time period that the plan is for. Most people do an annual strategic plan. And I actually used to host an annual strategic planning meeting for business owners, right? And it would be just a small group and we would spend the entire day. It would be an eight hour day just to help them get organized. Now, of course, everyone can't do a strategic plan in in a a full day like that because you typically need other folks in your your team to provide their input. But in the cases um, that I've done it in the past, it would be startups, folks that's really, it's just them or maybe a co-founder so it would be the CEO and, and the whatever the second in command or, or partner was. So it's, it wasn't as was necessary to have all this other input from other folks in the company because it really wasn't. OK, but in my business, I also help those more established businesses, too. And so I have not held a strategic planning meeting for them, like one of those one day stints, because it's not helpful in the same way for them because they have more components of their business and people involved. And if you're going to implement milestones and things to track over time and you have these different department heads within your organization, you need their input, okay? Because as you go through a strategic plan, if it's a good one, it will provide direction as well for how you minimize risk as you move forward. And you won't know all of those things just being the CEO of the company if you don't get input from the rest of your team. So I want to go and just talk about now, like, okay, 
I'm asking the question again, what makes a plan strategic or what makes a decision strategic? So right now I'm going to explain what's the difference between a strategic decision or just a regular decision. Well, let me break it down into these three things. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give you three points. And if, if a plan or decision is strategic, it will meet these three things. So number one is that there are consequences for those strategic decisions and they involve substantial commitment and resources. And that's in both time and money. So if a decision doesn't meet that criteria, it's probably not strategic. Okay. So that word is thrown around. Mm. (laughs) It's not strategic. Okay. So there are consequences. Number two, these decisions are made in a competitive environment. So there are actions and reactions by others who are your competitors or partners in business. So the other people that either you're complimentary to or competing with, there are consequences from your decisions to them. And so they may have a reaction to your strategic decision. It's meant to kind of spark synergy with your partners and is meant to probably spark a reaction from your competitors. And it's mostly going to be a competitive reaction because they want to win. And so do you. So it is a competitive environment upon which these strategic decisions are made. And there will be reactions from your competitors and or partners in business based upon the decisions that you make, okay? The third thing is that it's not free to reverse a strategic decision. There is going to be cost involved if you make the wrong decision, right? So there is never a strategic decision that you can just simply retract. And it's like, oh, well, that never happened. Strategic decisions have consequences. And so that also includes financial consequences because there's a commitment of resources to a strategic decision, all right? So those three things, there's consequences, it's done in a competitive environment that's gonna spark a reaction and actions from competitors and or partners, complementary partners in your business. And number three, it's not free to reverse the decision. It's going to cost you something. And so I think those are some things that really get misconstrued in this environment that we're in. But I think it's important to use the right vocabulary because that's part of business, right? A lot of the vocabulary is the same across the board. That allows us to speak a common language and understand each other. I can look at a business book from the 90s And it's still relevant, the same terminology, everything, vocabulary is still used now. Like it's not, that's not going to change. It's just part of the vocabulary of business. So let's take a moment to thank our biggest sponsor of this podcast, TPM Focus, a strategy and execution consulting firm focused on generating revenue and finding product market fit for startups and small to medium-sized companies that are launching a new innovation or entering a new market. In a nutshell, 
If you're launching a new innovation or into a new market, we'll align your technology, marketing, sales, and customer success with your financial goals to ensure your company makes money while finding and solidifying your place in the market. Head over to tpmfocus.com to see testimonials and reach out if you'd like to work with us. So there's this book called um, Play to Win. And if you haven't heard of it before, of course, you can just get it on Amazon and things of that nature. But I love the book. I think the first time I read it was uh, maybe 10 years ago. I think it was 10 years ago. And I had a business mentor who became a, a friend. She's so smart. And she was the CEO of Launchpad, Launchpad 2X, which was a women's business accelerator in Atlanta. And her name is Bernie Dixon. And I learned a lot from her. And one of the things I remember when I first met her, she was talking about how women overall as business women need to accept that you're in the role of CEO and come to it with some confidence in order for other people to respect that. And she's like, you also, you got to play to win, not just get along, just go with the flow. You got to be in this to win this. And she mentioned this book, Play to Win, that she had recommended. And of course, when you meet someone like her that is very well-respected, knowledgeable, smart, has tons of achievements and accomplishments in her career, you listen. I, I know at least I do, okay? So I don't have to repeat mistakes that other people have made. I listen to those who have, you know, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And I hope that that's something that if you're a business owner, you, let's say you're even new to doing this, or you just feel like you're fresh out of ideas, that you find someone you respect, or you find some business mentors in your network and actually listen. That That's something that is critical to success. So I say all that to say, I got the book and I was just like, oh yeah, I can see where at that time I was like new to just being a full-time entrepreneur. This was like right at the beginning of my journey. And I was just like, yeah, I can see how I like play it, play it small because of fear of certain things. And so the thing is, when you're playing to win, it's not that you're fearless, but you do it anyways, despite the uncertainty and the fear that you may have for whatever, for whatever reason. So there's different fears that, that people have, whether it's about judgment or all of the what ifs scare them. So the thing is, is like that, that book and that whole philosophy really talks about your strategy that you're creating for your business. It should be founded on what you will do to actually win, right? How your business is going to win, not just operate as usual. And that's a, that's a, a difference in perspective. And when I talk about this book and some of the points from it, I hope it'll give you a, a few different points that will kind of shift your perspective so that you're actually realizing that, hey, I'm actually not playing to win, even though I thought I was going hard in this, but I'm actually not playing to win. I'm playing to just just be okay. <laughs> and that's hard because when you set the bar super high and you're playing to win, it doesn't mean that, oh man, I'm going to I'm going to hit that. But it does mean you're going to hit much higher than you would if you had not planned to hit the higher bar. 
Okay. So when you don't look at things like, hey, I'm I'm coming to win it all, it changes the way that you even set your targets on what you're going to do. So when you're playing to win and not just playing to play, because <laughs> some folks are playing to play in business, then you have to aim for an outcome. You have to define the what, the why, and the how as far as like how you're planning to win. And so basically you have to aim for an outcome. So when you're aiming for an outcome, you go into it with these preconceived thoughts of what you think the business is going to, how it's going to affect the market and how the market is going to respond to you as far as who you're going to serve, why do they want to buy from you, those kind of things. And what I always talk about in in my business and with clients, and you probably have heard me use this term on um, the Unpolished MBA is, what's your hypothesis, right? What's your hypothesis about the business or this new product launch? How do you believe the uh, market is going to respond to you? What do you believe that they will find useful about what you're putting out there? And why are you serving? Why are you planning to target this particular customer? And so forming a hypothesis, I've had tons of stuff on that. It's typically a one sentence thing uh, about what your product is, who you plan to serve, and the benefit to that target market. So form your hypothesis before you jump in to trying to answer the the other questions or do any type of strategic planning for your business. So once you have formed your hypothesis, you have to know, okay, how will I know if I'm right or not, right? So I think my product will, I think a target market of businesses that have at least 303 to 500 employees will buy my technology or my product or my service because it will help them hire people more efficiently, whatever that is, right? So that's just an example of of one that I'm throwing out there. Well, how will you measure whether or not that hypothesis is correct? You have to define that, right? So first of all, you're making a declaration that your product will help them hire more efficiently. So what does that mean? What's more efficiently? The way that that's stated sounds very subjective, And anybody can define that. So that's how you start to get into the details of, okay, what do do we mean when we say more efficiently? How are people being hired now? Does it take three months to do it? Do they have to go through hundreds of thousands of resumes? And if so, how are we making that more efficient? Do we make it so that they only get 300 resumes and they're more high quality and They're able to get through the interview process in three weeks. Like you have to really define what that value proposition is or what that benefit is to your your audience. And basically when you're doing that, you should be defining how you're going to be better in that in the market than everything else that exists. And so I was just talking to a client about this this week because they are looking at their existing plans, market entry plans. I was just like, well, this sounds like every other business out there. Like, well, what makes you different? Are you going to deliver your your product and 
in record time in comparison to your competitors? Like, wh- what is it that makes you different? Because right now, this just sounds like what everybody else is doing. And when your business is set up that way, you end up competing on price because if people can't tell the difference between you and all the other competitors in your space, they just start looking at price and say, oh, well, they're all the same. So who's the cheapest? You see how that works? And so then you start competing on price and that is a fast race to the bottom. The only person that compete, the only business that can compete on price and still win is the huge mammoth called Walmart. That is their strategic position. I did an episode on a, of Unpolished MBA on strategic positions. You can go back and I'll reference it in the, in the notes. I, I can't remember the episode off the top of my head, but it's timeless. I try to do topics on here that are timeless, evergreen. They never become irrelevant. And that's one of them. So you, if you're not trying to be the Walmart of your industry, you certainly don't want to compete on price. You have to have a massive distribution like Walmart in order for it to even be profitable to you. And so that's not, that's never a strategy that I recommend to the folks that I work with, right? And so you have to be very specific on why you're going to win in the segment of the market that you've chosen to compete in. When competitors that are playing to play versus playing to win when they continue in the same way of doing business that's very easy for you to slide in there and actually take some of their customers but if you both are playing to play you're basically just competing on price your competitors are watching you remember i started this episode by saying that That's one of the things of making your plan strategic is that there's reactions and actions from your competitors. When your competitors are playing to play, but you are playing to win, the only share of the market they'll get is what's left over from you. Because the customer base want the the better product, right? They want And even the the thing is, you may, in reality, not even be that much better or that much different. I always use Walmart and Target as an example, is that Target and Walmart sells pretty much a lot of the same products. Like, it's, it's the same thing. But Target may charge a little bit more for, you know, why? Their stores are typically nicer, cleaner, more organized. I mean, all types of reasons why folks would choose Target over Walmart. And just that alone gets them to pay that extra 50 cents more or dollar more for the same product. Even getting into like parking and going into Target, it's just less of a hassle than at Walmart. And it's hard to sometimes articulate that as a customer, but if you do customer discovery and talk to folks, and which we've done before for clients, that is really the the going narrative for why they just go to Target and pay a few bucks more. Of course, it depends on the market, but let your competitors continue playing to play and you focus on playing to win. One of the things I mentioned was the difference between a strategic plan and then plans that are strategic, right? And decisions that are strategic. To make sure that you are really pushing 
the business to the heights that it can go. Your goals that you set for the business should make you a little bit anxious. Yeah, you should be a little bit nervous. It should stretch you. If it's not stretching you, you're playing to play. You're not playing to win. You are playing to play. And I just want to make sure that you understand the difference. And I'm just trying to give some examples for that. Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong or bad. Some people, they just want to play to play. That's fine. But I know so many business owners that say they want to play to win. They want this. They want that. And it's like they don't want to go higher and higher. But their actions are, are things that fall into the category of playing to play. Their plans um, and the strategies that they're using, the tactics that they're using, I mean, it's, it's all, it's, it's not playing to win strategies. It's not playing to win tactics. So they keep getting the same outcome and they just blend in with the, with the rest. Now, again, your goal should make you anxious. It should make you anxious. You should be really nervous about whether or not you, you can do it. And, and that's okay. Because as, as, as humans overall, we are trained to avoid risk and feeling uncomfortable and, and things of that nature. And so in business, a lot of times folks will only do the things that they can prove in advance that it'll work. Most things in your strategy that is pushing the business to higher levels, you can't prove it in advance that it's going to work. If you're hoping to be able to prove something in advance that, that it's going to work, you want to prove that in advance, you're, you're, not, you're not stretching your goals. I mean, we're just going to be honest here, right? We're just going to be honest. You're typically operating out of fear and you don't want to do anything that you're afraid is too risky or you can't just reverse the decision and all that. But I just said strategic decisions, you can't just reverse them. You can't just retract them. But those are the things that need to be done in order to grow the business. All right. So you have to accept it and talk about what you're going to do to win. You can't be focused on, well, I can't prove that this is going to work. All right. And that, that's a really, really tough, tough shift for a lot of business owners to do. But here's something that, that makes you more comfortable with it, okay, with, with taking that risk. What I want you to do is map out the logic you have behind your strategy. What's true? What has to be true in order for this strategy to work? So if you have a, a, a product that you're trying to sell to businesses that's between 300 to five that has between 300 to 500 employees and you're going to make their hiring process more efficient by decreasing the number of resumes they get in and the resumes they get in are more high quality and thus they're able to get through interviewing folks quicker right so I'm just going with that because I already started with that so what has to be true in the market with those customers in order for that that strategy to work, right? So take time. Don't, don't just, just go with comes off the top of your head right now while I ask that question. Take some time to think about it. Ask what other folks, if you have an organization, what they think. Well, this is a product we're planning to, to sell to this target market. What does it take for them to accept it, buy it, 
and to be a consistent customer of ours. So understanding your logic behind you choosing to do certain things and writing it out is extremely powerful because it makes you more comfortable with it or it makes you less comfortable with it and say, hey, we haven't thought this out all the way. We need to just think this out more. No, and you're not gonna know what the outcome is gonna be of proceeding. But just kind of understanding those risks about what has to be true about the market, right? Your team, like the capabilities of your team, what has to be true? What has to be true about your salespeople and your marketing? Basically your whole revenue engine. What has to be true about that? What has to be true about your competitors? What has to be true about your industry? See, though, asking those kind of questions, it will help you tweak and refine your strategy as you move forward. And you test things out and see if things unfold per your logic. Okay, so I, I mentioned earlier about having a hypothesis. So this is what we think. This is what we think is going to happen with this product launch, right? And this is who we think is going to buy it. And this is why we think they're going to buy it. And then you put certain tests in place to see if that's true. You may find out that that target market that you went after actually doesn't want to buy it. And it's another one. It's, it's businesses that have 10,000 or more employees that are interested in your product versus the one that has 300 to 500. So you have to do tests in the market to see what actually is going to work before you go all out. And I always tell folks that you need to do small tests before you invest totally in going in one direction. The test is still strategic because, and I call them tests, but they're actually experiments, right? Same thing. They're still strategic because it's going to cost you some resources in order to execute on those decisions. Just remember this. Strategy is a journey and adjustments have to be made over time. And you're going to get better as you go along. Just be comfortable with that. And so with that, I am going to end this episode and I hope that it will be helpful in someone's strategic planning and strategic decisions throughout this year and every other year that you have to make decisions for growing your business. And with that, I'm signing off. And until the next episode, take care. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.